This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're really starting to get a lot of information, a lot of important information around the scoring and how it's going to play out this year. We see the first game here in round two, and we obviously have all the data from round one. And I'm just starting to see a few factors and a few trends that are starting to happen in terms of fantasy scoring this year. As we knew, and as we spoke a little bit about in that preseason, that the fullbacks and also the halves were two of the positions that really dominated last year. With all the tackle breaks, with the, the kicks in general play gaining uh, a lot more points, obviously the faster game style. We saw these two positions absolutely dominate. And what we've seen in these first nine games is a little bit of a transition back towards the middle forwards. And those guys that are playing big minutes in that position there, with obviously the kick meters dropping down, the tackle bus dropping as well, and that increase in the offload, for example, these guys in the middle that are making a bunch of tackles, you know, running for good meters, the odd tackle break and a few offloads, are the guys that are really dominating these games. And I think we're going to see a fair bit more volatility in our outside backs, for example, and also our halves. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it in this game, but a couple of players stand out as as guys that would, with a game like last night, would have completely dominated, and they just didn't. Like, they had a good score, but it wasn't an amazing score. And, you know, other guys that, you know, played very normal to last year, they've ended up with really big scores. So going forward, if you can get someone that's going to be getting over 60 on a, a semi-regular you know, basis there... If, you, if they get anywhere close to that 55, 60 plus, then that is an absolutely incredible game because the averages this, this year are going to be a fair bit lower than they were last year. So just with those uh, changes in the rules, just keep that in mind. And we, and we start with Pap. And the question for this video, is it time to trade out Pap? Very, very interesting one. He picks up 34 points this week after 44 last week. He didn't start with the kicking duties this week. So we thought that he would with Meany being out and Harry Grant was the person to get that first crack in, in those first two kicks. They were from pretty well the sideline and 
you know, he kicked them okay. Well, the first one was okay, second one not so great. And then Pap got the third one. So that's probably good signs that he should be getting the goal kicking going forward. I think, you know, poss- probably and, and possibly the, the reason why he didn't kick in that first uh, in that you know, first game and obviously last night for the majority until he got that third one was that his ankle is uh, obviously not perfect for kicking. Or, you know, and he did, but he did kick a couple in general play. So it obviously is feeling a lot better last night. And they were like, oh, we'll just give it another game or two. Um, and, and Harry Grant was meant to have those kicks. But uh, he kicked a couple of times in general play. So I really like that you know, the odd occasion he can get that general play kick. In terms of if we should be trading him out, I think that's probably a silly idea. He will lose a little bit, little bit of cash, so the 44 and 34 will drop him down a little bit now. He's going to be sitting you know, just under that 600k mark. And if you're looking to, to move him on now, which I know a lot of people will, I think that's probably a silly idea at this stage. He's a keeper for one. If he's going to be getting the goal kicking back, it's going to be great. The Storm are going to get better and better across the season. They've you know, obviously had a few changes and a few, you know, a few guys last night was their first game. They've got Welch out. They've got Smith out. So the way they play the game is just a slight bit different. And Pap hasn't been able to dominate as much as he has in previous years. Thinking back to maybe pre-round one, it might have been, obviously now in hindsight, a better idea to hold him out of your side just with the fact that he was carrying a little bit of an injury. And, and it's obviously hard to come in and dominate like he did last year. But the reason we all jumped on him was the fact that he got off to such a flyer last year. And, and you know, he was... Price, well, he, he would have been the way of scoring would have been priced in the early eight hundreds, and being being uh, being able to get him a six thirty was the reason why people were getting him. So I think he'll come good, and we just need to wait and be patient with him. The good thing with with Pap is he's owned by thirty two and a half percent of teams. The majority of players that have him are going to be you know pretty decent sides. You know, so you're not going to be losing too much out on having him at uh, thirty four. If you're looking at the app, guys, the app points are wrong. At this current state, they've been updated on this NRL.com.au app. So uh, a few different scores in there. In terms of guys that are slightly important, we've got Coates with a try and a try assist. So he's sitting about 28-30 at half time, and then end up scoring nothing in the second half. The other thing to think about there with Pat, for example, is he was having a, a decent half around that 24 mark. And then you know, in the first one, and then pretty much the entire second half, he hardly had a run. The only 75 run meters is very low for someone like Pat. He's a lot more up in the, uh, the 180, and if he does that, he gets the tackle breaks, he gets the offloads, and, and he can get up into the 50 scoring. So for, unfortunately, that didn't happen last night. And that you know, last 20, 25 minutes, the Bunnies had the ball pretty much the whole time um, down in the Storms' territory. So again, these games are being played a little bit different, and the flow isn't exactly there as what it was you know, last year, so it's something to think about. But you know, Coates, again, decent start, but he just doesn't have that base. The 96 run metres, the odd error, which a lot of them he was going up to, to try and you know, catch a bomb or you know, help the team win, for example, and, and spilling the ball. But yeah, just Coates, he's not an amazing fantasy player. Never was. Uh, he's going to get a few more scores like this. But when he's got to try in both games and has a 22 and a 31, it's not very ideal. But at least with a 31, you can hold him at this point. So these are the two guys I want to talk about, Munster and Hughes. as guys that had really awesome games last night and just didn't get the spoils in terms of the points. So if you look at their... Uh, points scoring in terms of their tackle breaks. We'll jump in and have a look at what they had. So Hughesy had seven tackle breaks. So remember, that's a little bit of an issue. You know, with, that's neg seven that he would have there. 
and obviously you would be getting an extra three points from the kicking as well. So there's ten points that he that he wouldn't have got. Sorry, that he would have got last year. He didn't get last night. So there's a sixty, and and you'd expect that from the type of game he had with a couple of turnover tackles. Obviously, the offloads as well is helpful, but. Yeah, you just expect a much bigger game from someone like him just with the way he uh, obviously played. Munster, obviously the lowest score comes from the, the heap of missed tackles that he had in 11 there. You know, seven tackle breaks as well and the 222 kick metres. So there's another 10 point, uh, just 11 points for him that you miss out on. So he'd be getting a, a nice mid-50s in this type of game, even with the 11th missed tackles compared to what's going to happen this year. So very interesting uh, as to how you, you look at these type of scores. Harry Grant uh, was in there with 61 on there. We'll have a look at his actual stats here. Got him down as 58 in this one. But again, five missed tackles, uh, especially near the, the back end there where the bunnies were doing pretty well. But he was awesome, right? He, Thankfully, if you don't own him, he didn't absolutely blow the water, you know, blow it out of the water like he could have and get an 80-85. But the, the 50 or the 61 that he ended up with is something that he, he's got across the park. He had a nice kick from dummy half or two. That, um, that got him a few points there, but you know, tackling well, 41 tackles for five misses you'll take. Uh, but the line break, the try assist, the run metres, you know, 145. Obviously, one of them was a you know, 60 metre, 70 metre break there, but still running 70, 80 metres just in general play. He was awesome, and I think a lot of people obviously try to get him in their side, and, and I, I would not uh, steer anyone away from him. Did go off slightly early. Obviously, Wishart came on, which we'll speak about in a second, but that... Um, yeah, he looked maybe he just looked a bit gassed. I'm not exactly sure if we've, we've heard any injuries coming out of the game for Damian Cook or for Grant, but let me know, guys, in the, the comments. Bromwich had a really big game. I wouldn't be looking at picking him up. He had a 64-minute game, so yeah, just to, just a lot of minutes, which is not normal for him. Nelson had a great game as well, but not really fantasy relevant. Joshy King, he was awesome, wasn't he? He picked up a 50, so they're getting down as 48, I believe, in here. 47. So... Just in general, he played, you know, just, I think, well, 69 minutes there, 51 tackles for three misses and a couple of penalties. So he was great. A little bit, obviously, a few more tackles, especially that last section when he came on. So he wasn't uh, on a super high wicket there and then just tackled his heart out for the last 20 minutes or, you know, that that last sort of period that he popped on. I think it was maybe like five or six minutes and then the the few minutes in uh, extra time as well. So if you picked him up at 336, he ended up being a great option. So I'm hoping that you took my advice there. Uh, yeah, if you had a, a Tungo and a um, and a Nanae as well, then King became a, a really nice option, and, and well done if you picked him up. All right, so we move to Wishart, and he's someone that we spoke about as being in a void or a trap, and he only got the eight minutes. So that's something, unless injuries pop up, he's going to be getting lower minutes, unfortunately. Alec McDonald, so he got the 23. And for Alec there, the minutes is the um, is the issue. So he, yeah, he got 23 in the 23 minutes there. 16 tackles, uh, an offload, and 65 metres is pretty solid, right? We couldn't expect too much more from him in that time. So that's what I'd be expecting him to get going forward. So a very, you know, he's obviously priced at about 18 there. So we'll make a little bit of cash, but not too much overall. We spoke about um, Lioro and had an amazing game off the bench last week and picked up a 27 in his limited time on the park this week, which was 28 minutes. So again, point a minute. He's going to be great if he ever gets a start. But at that price point, you've got to stay clear of him, unfortunately. All right, we'll move to the Bunnies and go through their scores. And guys, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do jump in there, like that video, send it to your mates. If you're worried about helping out your mates, remember you've got a whole wealth of knowledge on all the videos that you're ahead of them. So you better uh, play better than they will. Anyway, it's much more fun if all your mates are better at fantasy too. You get to the end of the year 
and there's actually some good competition and you're not just smashing them every week, which can be fun for a little bit, but we like competition, right? Anywho, bunnies, Latrell, so rocks and diamonds last night, missed three goals, one of them was pretty easy to get and then banged a two-point field goal, so yeah, overall a really fun game to watch, yeah, especially at the end there with uh, the nice comeback and they you know, probably almost could have snatched that game away, which was interesting, but Latrell at 48, you'll cop in his first game back, obviously yeah, blowing off a few cobwebs in that, in that game one return, Johnson not too relevant at this stage, Jackson Bolo. With him, the 36 was solid. He dropped a few balls. He got moved to the other side. I'm not sure if that was him just getting cooked, you know, moving him on for um, for, for Tane Milne. Uh, but, yeah, he got moved to the right-hand side. He ended up scoring a try on there, 145 metres and a try. will get you a 36. So he was okay without being spectacular. If you picked him up as wing fullback cover, if you played him, well done. If you didn't, that's okay as well. He didn't uh, He didn't kill everyone with a 45-50. Uh, Tane Milne, we won't talk about too much. Cody Walker, wow. Here we go, Walker and Ilias. So we see in back-to-back games, both players scoring very, very poorly. They're both averaging about the same. I'm actually about to find this out. So Walker's averaging 21.5 and, and, and Lockie's averaging 18.5. So both very terrible. Obviously, Walker, if you own him, he's really, really hurting you. And I think that he's going to take a little bit of time to organize, you know, work out how to organize himself in this squad. He obviously is playing pretty poorly. Like last night was a bad game for him in fantasy and also in real life. Just you know, a bunch of drop balls and a few tip-ons and stuff that weren't great. They're all kind of getting in the way of each other as well. So it was a bit of a strange game. Uh, but you know, 143 meters for him and still getting 16 points. Lockie Ilias, you know, 111 meters gain there is ideal. Definitely ideal. We like that he's running the ball. He obviously had a little bit of a break through the middle there, which got him some points and stuff, but... Just that, you know, the kick out in the fall, you can see that he's very, you could say he's probably a little bit nervous for sure, uh, and it's coming out in both of their game plays, unfortunately, with Walker, he's just not able to organise everything effectively enough, and Ilias, you know, we, will we say he's a, a trap? You can't really say a guy's a trap when he's priced at 298, he's obviously going to be lower than that, you don't need him to average too high of a number for him to, to score decent. So to, to make you money, for example. And you see here, just a six, six tackles, you know, Walker with 12. They hardly ran it in, which was strange. Uh, unless he's hiding out in the wing, I didn't really see that. But, you know, an error and a missed tackle there. So the missed tackles part's fine. You know, the run meters is cool. The kick meters is a little bit low, but, you know, they had 200 kick meters between them, which is super low. Uh, so with Ilias, you can look to rage trade him out if you want. I'm fine with that. He obviously has been a guy that... The narrative coming into the season was that he was going to be a, a halfback in a, a team that's going to do pretty well, and you know he's got some decent wraps on him. So that was the theory with Ilias, um, and it has, hasn't you know, played out that far yet. They've lost both their games and haven't looked very good at all. So that no flow in the games, never, it's always going to hurt a young half, and he's not someone that's tackling a lot or they're not running at him as much. Obviously, you can get involved a little bit more and push yourself into the middle, but being a young half, are you going to do that? Some do, some love that that side of the game, and some don't. So, yeah, you can either leave him on the bench, or you can um, or you can move him on. I think, but that's fine. Tatola had a, a big game with fifty two. Again, not too fantasy relevant, just a bit of an awkward price for sure. Damien Cook with fifty three, going off a little bit early was a slight worry, and we'll find out a little bit more from him. But yeah, the seventy minutes, fifty three tackles, only forty six meters with a turnover tackle. Nothing really special there. You know, nine demerits. He's going to lose a little bit more cash off that 53, but you'll take the 53 and hope that he's you know feeling a bit better next week and he can play the full 80. But yeah, 
that was that one with Cook. Not too much else to say. You hold steady with him. He's doing well. You know, and he, you're scoring, what, eight points under Grant with how well Grant plays is, is sort of a testament to his um, defensive ability to, to be able to some games do really well in attack and get your points that way and some games to do really, really well defensively. All right, Collor. For anyone that's um, playing him, I just think he's a bit of a strange price, and he only got 59 minutes, which was a pain. Jai Arrow, this is kind of a score that I was expecting him to get this week. He probably got a few more tackle breaks than I thought he would. Uh, for the, a large part of the game, they weren't running down his side. They were running through the middle a lot, which saw Cam Murray get an incredible amount of tackles, which we'll talk about in a second. But Jai getting 46 you know, is still three points above where he was priced at, so at 43. I expect him to average 50 for the season. He's got a 64 and a 46 for a nice total of 110 points and a 55 average. So awesome for Jai. That um, extra five points that he's picked up overnight, which has been great. A couple extra, um, yeah, one extra tackle break, uh, an extra couple of tackles and a few extra meters, I think, which added that up, which was great. And we moved to Cam Murray and he was incredible. He ended up getting moved back to the bench, which was an interesting one. But... Four offloads, three turnover tackles, 120-odd metres, 46 tackles for two misses. He was incredible. As I said, everything was played through him. They're a way better side when, he gets, when he's in first receiver, and, and he's going to be, have to play. He's going to have to play big minutes very regularly at the moment for them to do really well. And if you've, ha- if you've got him in your side, I'm hoping you didn't panic trade him on you know, last night. I mentioned to just with him being on the bench, not sure how many minutes he was going to play as being someone not to try and pick up this week. But I think a lot of people will going forward into next week. And, and if he can play big minutes like that on a regular basis, he's going to be amazing. Again, don't expect an 82, but this is the type of stuff that we're talking about, guys. If you're making big tackles in the middle, you've got the turnover tackle advantage, you've got the run meters, the offloads, and also the tackles, I think he is one of the great pickups uh, of the year. And a lot of the mids will be, uh, as we can see in this game with Totola, for example, getting um, you know, two turnover tackles for 30, you know, 30 tackles as well. Bromwich having a really good game through the middle. So if games are being played through the middle, as we see, uh, then you're going to do well. And hopefully that's the same case for the Eels game with Reed Mane next week. Uh, this week, sorry. All right, Jacob Host off the bench is there doing this thing. Uh, Havili with 14, so just the minutes is going to be an issue for him. Even though he started, he came off really quickly after 12 minutes. And then Davi Moale. So with him there, 15 points in 13 minutes, I believe, was you know solid. He came pretty much made a line break straight away, which was cool. Eight tackles, one miss for 47 meters. Again, someone who's probably going to get an opportunity at some point across the season, but that's you know a big opportunity is not now. Uh, so just don't, I wouldn't be looking to trade him in anyway, guys. That is the first video of you know the wrap ups for the week. I hope you really enjoyed it, and we'll catch you in the next one when we analyze those Friday night games. Have a great night, guys. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 